this is bad. <laughs> Welcome back to Film Posers for Buddy Quest ranting, raving, and reviewing cinema. Today it is just Gabriela and I because we are doing our Sundance recap. And of course, we know you missed us. We know you missed the pod. We're back. We're on our way. We have a lot of episodes planned. But yeah, today we're going to be talking about Sundance 2022 Film Festival. Woo! <laughs> yes, I'm here joined. Well, of course, Josie Melendez, your host. And I'm here with my co-host, Gabriela Burgos. And yeah, we were accepted as part of the inclusion initiative this yeah. year. This is our second year attending how does it feel? I mean, I definitely felt more prepared because Sundance was our first festival. So I feel that last year we were prepping for it. We had all of this pressure because we never covered a festival before. So this year I felt like we knew what we were doing and, you know, there was less pressure. Well, was, was SCAD before or after Sundance? I think it was before. No, yeah, SCAD was before, but for SCAD, it was, I, I just, you know, it was very like chill. Yeah, it was we, chill. Sundance yeah. was like the first time that we were like, oh, this, this is, is the Dance. big leagues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so definitely this year I I felt more prepared. Like I knew like the game plan. So yeah, I was definitely, I was more relaxed. Well, that's a lie. You never relaxed during a film festival. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lie. But I knew yeah. what I was doing. So in that sense, I was fine. <laughs> Yeah, and this year it was hybrid, um, but then, of course, it went into virtual only. Um, we were one of the lucky few that decided to do virtual from the beginning, so not much changed. Yeah, we were we were able to keep our schedule the way it was, even though, like, of course, they did restart the tickets. So uh, a bit of... I know my films changed a bit around. I got some films that I couldn't get the first time, and then also the times for some of the films changed so some films at least in my case were at the same time so that was a little bit stressful but other than that i saw everything i had so i'd like to call it a success yeah same i didn't up actually see more than i originally had because due to like my work schedule at at first i didn't use up all of my tickets because i didn't know the days that i w would be working yet but after getting my schedule i i was able to watch everything that i wanted to so success yeah it was definitely i i like to believe that i had a good time it was a good festival there were some good movies of course there were a few that um a lot of people were a little bit disappointed with but i the ones that surprised me really surprised me and really made me happy so i think then we can definitely hop on to our top 10 yeah and also it did help it did help that you know we were together that we weren't doing this yeah. on our on our own like last year Mm -hmm. That we were, you know, losing sleep together <laughs> and eating, eating chicken nuggets at midnight to stay awake. Impossible chicken nuggets. Impossible chicken nuggets. <laughs> to Gotta specify. <laughs> to stay awake. Not sponsored, but my God, can I just... Um, <laughs> like, there should be an impossible chicken nugget church because that would be the first one there. Yo le llego, alertar... <laughs> if there's one thing that will never be missing in this household are the impossible chicken nuggets <laughs> you will come in and we open the freezer and it's just like stacks of impossible chicken nuggets 
Yeah, because this is the this is the social little chit chat section of the episode. <laughs> Gabriela is a vegetarian. I am not. I'm a carnivore. I am a heathen, <laughs> but I do try to. I dabble. I'm an ally of the vegetarian community, so I dabble in vegetarian eatery. I love me some gardein. <laughs> But the thing with Impossible, I cannot do like fake red meat. I can't. But let me tell you, if there's something I will die defending are the Impossible chicken nuggets. Yeah, like I got them one day on a whim and made them. And then Josie finished eating the entire bag and went out and got more. (laughs) (laughs) So this episode is sponsored by Impossible Chicken Nuggets. Uh, Thank you for helping us with Sundance. Um, Yes. Like, like, we just send us a box of Impossible Chicken Nuggets. That's all we want. You don't have to pay us. <laughs> they got us through it, Josie. Okay. We, ate so, we ate so many of them. Gabriela, what is your number 10 from Sundance 2022? Let me pull up the list. So my number 10 is... You Won't Be Alone, directed by Goran Stolevsky. So, just did you get to watch this one? Uh, no. Unfortunately, no. So, that was one film I wasn't able to watch, which I really wanted to. It's really good. And if I'm not mistaken, it is going to be distributed by Focus Features. So, it, sh- it will be coming out soon. So, this film is about a young feral witch that accidentally kills a peasant and she assumes the peasant's shape to see what life is like in her skin, igniting a deep-seated curiosity to experience life inside the bodies of others. So this is definitely, like, the way I can describe it is that if you've seen the film Orlando starring Tilda Swinton, but make it about witches. That's basically how I can describe this film. I really, really liked it. It's definitely, it's gorier than I expected. You know, it definitely has some of the horror aspects to it, but it's not a full-on scary movie. It's very slow burn, and I really love the directing and the focus on nature that it had. And yeah, it's definitely a weird movie that I don't think that maybe a lot of people are not going to vibe with, but it's definitely unique, and it was a big surprise for me, and I really liked it. And then my number 10 is Happening by Audrey Duan. Um, I won't go into detail other than, of course, a little bit about the film. It is based on Annie Erna's semi-autobiographical novel. Happening follows Annie, a bright young student who faces an unwanted pregnancy while abortion was still illegal in 1960s France. This film won the Golden Lion at Venice, so we were very excited to see this one at uh, Sundance. And definitely was part of the abortion collection from this year's festival. But I think <laughs> that, of course, this one did a better job. Oh, um, yeah. It is intense, so definitely trigger warning for that. But it is very moving. And yeah, I, I, I really can't, I, I don't even know how to put it into words other than if you are interested in this film, then I do recommend it. Yeah, it's a film that I'm haunted by. Like I'm, it's definitely it definitely left a mark in me. So I I highly recommend. But yeah, it's very. You know, I think it's like the 
the film about abortion that deals with the subject that's in a way that's so raw that I have. Yeah, because um, it's not supposed to be digestible. And mm-hmm. I think that was the problem with uh, Call Jane, mm-hmm. which did not make my top 10. Yeah. But um, it was it was not a bad film. I just think that the topic could have been handled better. And Happening's perspective and the way that it's filmed and everything just was definitely at a higher level than Call Jane. Mm-hmm. I agree. So my number nine is Duel, directed by Riley Stearns, which I know a lot of people didn't like, but I'm weird and I like weird stuff. So yes, I like this. Um, so Duel follows a terminal ill woman that opts for a cloning procedure to ease her loss on her friends and family. When she makes a miraculous recovery, her attempts to have her clone decommissioned fail and lead to a court-mandated duel to the death. So I, I get watching this movie and seeing the performances, it is definitely very re- reminiscent of a Yorgos Lanthimos movie, which if you've seen any of his films, you know how weird they are and how the performances are very stiff and all of it is done on purpose so this film does that exactly and people who say no it's not like Yorgos you're lying it's like exactly like what Yorgos Lanthimos does like it's so it's that's just how it is and I did like I liked it a lot it's like there's definitely like the story is it's very original even though at the end you know it it could have had a better ending, but I do like, I did like the ending, but the way that it leads to the ending, it could have been a lot better. But I still, the ending, I like the final moment really made up for it, in my opinion. And yeah, it's a good cast. And it, I have this joke that the first scene is Theo James' face. So that was an automatic win for me. <laughs> Speaking of, um, my number nine (laughs) is uh, Fresh. And the reason I decided to watch this one at Sundance is because Sebastian Stan is in it. Coming. (laughs) So this film is directed by Mimi Cave. And it follows frustrated by scrolling dating apps only to end up on Lane Tedious Date. Noah takes a chance by giving her number to the awkwardly charming Steve after a produce section meet-cute at the grocery store. If you've been on our YouTube channel, then you'll know that we reviewed this film. So I won't go too into detail, but I will just say that um, it was not my favorite film from Sundance, but it definitely stayed with me. I do think that the films from the first night were some of the best. Uh, Unfortunately, I wasn't able to watch Emergency but I will I will add it to that statement because I do think, again, the films from the first night definitely stayed with a lot of people and they did make it into a lot of people's top tens. So mm-hmm. this one, I just, I couldn't stop thinking about it. So it's my number nine. We peaked on day one. Let's just be clear. I mean, again, some of it, there's only one film from day one that's in my top, top. The others are from other days. So I, I think there was, I found some good gems. <laughs> what's your number eight so my number eight is the cow who sang a song into the future or la vaca que cantó una canción sobre el futuro televisa presenta televisa presenta (laughs) if you've seen our youtube review then you know 
what we are referencing but yeah we have a review up on our youtube channel about this film and we both really like we are both fan big fans of it if you love magical realism you're gonna love this film this is just magical realism and it's full spectacle and yeah it's a great film so go check out our full review on our youtube channel if you're interested yes so my number eight is actually lucy and desi directed by amy poehler it follows lucille ball as she has had an immense influence on the creation of tv syndication as she rose to become a true entrepreneur and multifaceted mogul um mogul 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 multifaceted mogul through interviews and archival footage this documentary is a tribute to one of the greatest trailblazers in comedy and entertainment um though the letterboxd description focuses mostly on lucy it does give desi his justice and again despite the turbulence in their their relationship and their marriage towards the end it does really portray them respectfully. It does acknowledge both of their contributions to television and, of course, reruns, syndication, multicam, everything. They were, they're like the, I'll call them the parents <laughs> because they truly <laughs> set the, let's just call it like that. They set the scene for everything that has become and everything that has been in terms of television to this day. Mm -hmm especially comedy and it's just so respectful it moved me i did not grow up with um i love lucy so mm. it was a very nice introduction it was a very nice emphasis on what i did know and again it just also focused on desi's roots and it did touch on the cuban revolution and everything that happened so i recommend this one um it is an Amazon Prime original, so it should be available fairly soonish. Yes, this is what being the Ricardos wanted to be. Absolutely. Again, I never finished being the Ricardos, and I might have to if it gets a Best Picture nom. But for now, this shh, is the only thing well, I don't, need. Don't because don't, don't it's, put shush. that into the universe. <laughs> um, being the Ricardos just left me wanting a female perspective, and Amy Poehler gave that to me. So. Don't watch Being the Ricardos if you haven't yet. Just watch Lucy and Desi when it's out. My number seven is actually After Yang, directed by Kogonada, which Josie has been loving for a while now since she saw it at yes. Cannes. And she it's has not in my top ten because I saw it at Cannes. <laughs> so Same with The Worst Person in the World. I saw those films at other festivals yeah. and so did Gabriela. So. Yes, Worst Person in the World. I was so tempted to rewatch it, but I strayed away and watched new films instead. And I'm proud of myself for being strong. <laughs> so after Yang. So yeah, Josie has been recommending this film to me since she saw it. And when I found that it was going to be at Sundance, I was like, yes, finally, I'm going to have the opportunity to watch it. So this film is about Jake, who after his young daughter's beloved companion, an android named Yang malfunctions he searches for a way to repair him. In the process, he discovers the life that has been passing in front of him, reconnecting with his wife and daughter across a distance he didn't know was there. Now, when I tell you I cried, I'm telling you I cried. <laughs> oh, yeah, this film moved me to tears. I love science fiction. And after Yang is so unique, it is so subtle, it is so simple. And it 
at points it doesn't even feel like science fiction it just feels like a slice of life film it's so moving and i just i kept laughing because the film's called after yang so you just know what's you have a feeling of what's gonna happen but i was still holding out hope and yeah it's a really moving film and it will be in theaters in, in march so and it's distributed by 24 so it will be in theaters in march so please watch it when it's out in theaters you won't regret it it's such a beautiful film and <laughs> it's gonna be a little bit difficult because coming out at the same time as so many other movies like the as batman the, so. listen just do a double feature start with after yeah. yang cry <laughs> your eyes out and after yang and then go watch batman to get the serotonin back it'll be great that's the plan it's a it's it's the colin farrell double feature exactly <laughs> oh my god yes wow if you love yeah. colin farrell you're gonna be thriving on march 4th absolutely yes <laughs> but yes watch after yang it's such a beautiful film so glad i finally got to watch it and that i listened to josie because Thank you. there's one thing you should learn from the film posters always listen to josie never daughter Absolutely. And that is why we're switching over to my number seven. And that is 892 by Abby Damaris Corbin. And I wasn't going to watch this film originally, but I was convinced and I watched it. And this film follows synopsis time when brian brown easley's disability check fails to materialize from veteran affairs he finds himself on the brink of homelessness and breaking his daughter's heart no other options he walks into a wells fargo bank and says i've got a bomb this film is very moving with uh touching performances from john boyega uh, michael kenneth williams nicole behari and salanis leva they were all great Um, they really carry this film. You're really in it for the characters. You're really in it for the performances because sometimes the story does um, lack or uh, the pacing does get slow near the middle and you're wondering where this is going. Um, I wasn't familiar because this is based on a true story and I wasn't as familiar with the reality of it. But again, John Boyega just just get, grabs you and it's impossible to not pay attention. And again, especially Nicole Bihari was a very good supporting actress. Like, She did a very good job at supporting John Boyega and the way that they interacted with each other and what they gave and took to each other as actors was really good as well. Salinas Leva, also, I really liked seeing her because I love Diary of a Future President and she plays the mom in that show. So I saw her and I was like, hey! And of course, Michael Kenneth Williams, uh, rest in power. We miss you. It was great seeing your pace and the way that he was able, like those very small scenes were so nuanced with John Boyega and they brought us back to a moment of humanity that was really nice. And overall, I do recommend this film. It is a bit intense, but again, the performances are just ones you shouldn't miss, really. And it was just picked up by Bleecker Street, so hopefully be released yes. this year. <laughs> hopefully. We'll see because we've seen how Bleecker Street has handled mass and people aren't happy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But 892 is a better film in my opinion. So we'll see how it goes. My number six is God's Country, directed by Julian Higgins. Woo -woo! So this film follows a grieving college professor confronts two hunters. She catches 
trespassing on her property, and she's drawn into an escalating battle of wills with catastrophic consequences. Now, this film I saw very last minute, thanks to Josie again. Thank you, Josie. Yay! <laughs> and we watched it together, and good for her. This movie is a part of the good for her universe. Obviously, Thandi Newton, spectacular as always. She is an incredible actress and really great cinematography. Yeah, this was, uh, Josie, this was your That's some mouth-watering cinematography. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was really good. It's It takes its time to like for the setup, but once it gets going, it gets going. And yeah, you clap at the end. If you don't clap at the end of God's Country, what's wrong with you? This film, in this house, we clap at the end of God's Country. Really good. It really, I think it's one of my favorite surprises from Sundance. I was not expecting to like it as much as I did. And yeah, highly recommend once it gets distribution, which is hopefully soon. Yes, hopefully, because it's really good. And well, jumping into my number six, I went with The Cow Who Sang a Song Into the Future or La Vaca Que Cantó Una Canción Sobre el Futuro, which, of course, we do have that review. We have a review on YouTube, so please go watch it um, because we had a lot of fun filming that. Um, there is a lot of passion that comes forth in our words when talking about the film because it was so fresh yes. in our minds. And it's just such a good film. Again, something that I did mention there. I had trouble connecting with the film at times, but I the reason I love it so much is because I admire it for what it's doing, what it's trying to do, and just the elements of Latin American storytelling in terms of film that are so beautifully cla- captured in this film by Francisca Alegria. Again, of course, it is a Latina director, which is always a plus. It is a 98-minute film, which I love, and... Yeah, it's just a really good film. Please give it a chance. It has cows in it. Do it for the cows. Las vaquitas. They're adorable. (laughs) And now we are going to be going into our top five films of Sundance. So my number five is Resurrection, directed by Andrew Simmons. This film follows Margaret, who leads... A successful and ordinary life, perfectly balancing the demands of her busy career and single parenthood to her daughter, Abby. But that careful balance is upended when she encounters an unwelcome shadow from her past. I had no idea what this film was about. I I just saw Rebecca Hall and wanted to watch it because I love her. Oh my gosh, she gives such a spectacular performance in this film. And I'm just so glad that it was picked up by IFC and that more people are going to see it and that we're going to get so many videos and essays about the ending (laughs) because there's so much to unpack with that ending. And I'm still shook. I that it's one of those endings that stays with you and just you don't like uh, when you know, the film gives hints as to what's going to happen at the end. And, and part of you is like, they're not actually going to do that. They're not going to do that. And then they actually do it. And it's spectacular. Yeah, it's hard. I don't want to talk much about this film because I really don't want to spoil anything because, oh, it's such an experience. And yes, I loved it. I, it's, I'm, ugh, 
loved it. It's great. So it should it hopefully is out this year. When it's out, please check it out. Won't regret it. It's great. Show <laughs> my top five destroyed me. It is a horrible film that will make you cry and it is vile. It is cruel. It is uncalled for. It is a love song. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is a great film directed by Max Walker Silverman. It is 81 minutes. It's just delicious. Oh, we love less than 90 minutes. How wonderful. Josie Core. <laughs> it follows two childhood sweethearts now both widowed that share a night by a lake in the mountains this film came for my neck dragged me around the floor and said bye <laughs> <laughs> i did not know what i was getting into i thought this was a lovely film about middle-aged people finding love because that is something that we need to see more i think that is something that we enjoy so much about ted lasso specifically just being able to see um that Love doesn't have to be focused on a certain age. You don't age out of love and love can find you at any point of your life. And I think that's the beauty of it. And that's the beauty that is captured in this film. But of course, um, it is very realistic. It is somewhat heartbreaking um, because of that beauty and because of that realism. So I at least highly recommend it. If you have the same taste in films as I do, definitely watch. But be aware that you will cry because oh, yeah. I sob like a maniac <laughs> and i still loved it <laughs> honestly at first i wasn't gonna even put this film in my top 10 but it just stayed with me i can't stop thinking about it and i think that says something and also just the final sequence and the third act is so beautiful but again it's that middle that just stays in my brain and not for good reasons <laughs> But at the same time, there are good reasons. See, this is how it's left me. I'm short-circuiting thinking about this film again. Oh, but it's so nice. And it's like God's country in terms of cinematography. And it's just so beautiful. And the camera work is just so simple and serene. And there is a peace watching this film. But as well, there is that juxtaposition of sadness. <laughs> All I know is pain. All I know is pain. The movie. Watch it. Literally. <laughs> I was fine. I was fine until the end and I was sobbing my eyes out. If you want to cry, now you know. My number four is Hatching, directed by Hannah Bergholm. Now, this is another weird film. I think we're on a trend here. I like weird films. So it follows 12-year-old Tinja, who is desperate to, desperate to please her mother, a woman obsessed with presenting the image of a perfect family. And one night, she finds a strange egg and something hatches from that egg that i am not going to tell you so it's a very weird film and i really liked it i especially loved that it's all practical effects there's not a lot of cgi so what comes out of the egg is done prosthetics and all that good stuff and it's great it's definitely like the best directing like in terms of horror that i saw at the festival is very impeccably done it's actually a, dir a directorial debut from hannah and i'm just so excited to see what she does next because the directing in this film is just 
Chef's Kiss spectacular, but she knows what she's doing when it comes to horror films. And yes, I'm very excited for this film to find distribution. And if you're into urban legends and every anything like that, you're definitely going to enjoy this movie. I'm not going to say the creatures that are featured because I think it should be a surprise, but great film, my favorite horror film of the festival. And my number four is probably one of the last films I saw at the festival. And I'm so glad I caught it because I almost missed it. And I know deep down in my soul, I would have regretted it. <laughs> so we're talking about Dos Estaciones by, directed by Juan Pablo González. It is a 95-minute film. So again, Sundance came through with the run times that I like. <laughs> um, this film follows 50-year-old Maria Garcia, who is the owner of the... Um, the Dos Estaciones, switching from English to Spanish, honestly, my tongue is confused. 50-year-old <laughs> Maria Garcia is the owner of Dos Estaciones, a once majestic tequila factory struggling to stay afloat, and the final holdover from generations of Mexican-owned tequila plants in the highlands of Jalisco. The rest have folded to foreign corporations. Once one of the wealthiest people in town, Maria knows her current financial situation is untenable. When a persistent plague and an unexpected flood cause irreversible damage, she is forced to do everything she can to save her community's main source of economy and pride. It's that simple. Like, it, that is what it follows. But it features one of the best performances, clearly, because Teresa Sanchez won for her performance at Sundance, so she received the best actress. Um, accolade and... It just has so much of that that uh, the Kawusang Song into the Future has in terms of nature, which is so specific to Latin American cinema because we focus so much on nature, because we get so much from nature and we give so much of to nature. And that is a part of Latin American and Caribbean culture, which is why it's captured so often in cinema. And this one specifically deals with how... Um, capitalism and greed can affect our environment and how it's all uh, a cycle and it's just all a give and take between maria and the people that she's trying to help which also like if you like encanto there is a little bit of that there with like the community because again that is part of latin american culture it's just all about community it's about surviving it's about legacy and it's just has those estaciones like you can hear it in my voice <laughs> I love the cinematography in this film. There are just some moments that feel like classic paintings and you're like, but South American paintings, let's not, not, because classical, sometimes people go to European. No, we're talking about Campeche. We're talking about, oh yeah. Um, <laughs> we're talking about I mean, that good, that good preach. stuff. Preach. So I just saw this film and I immediately fell in love and I hope... Um, a lot of people will be able to experience that as well because it's just, uh, it's so nice to look at. It's so nice to experience. And you're just there going through the journey with um, Maria Garcia. And also there's an obligatory dance sequence, which every single film at Sundance seems to have. So it just checks all the boxes. So Dos Estaciones Stephanie gets two thumbs up from Josie Marie. Is it Josie Core? 
it is totally Josie core. There are shots of hands. There are shots of nature. There's like sunsets and water. We love it. And it's 90 minutes. My top three is the one, the only. Good luck to you, Leo Grande. Directed by Sophie Hyde, which was picked up for distribution and it will be on Hulu. Thank God. I did not expect to love this film so much. It was absolutely delightful. And again, another contender, another member of the Good For Her universe. So this film follows Nancy Stokes, a 55-year-old widow who is yearning for some adventure, human connection, and some good sex. And it stars the always wonderful Emma Thompson and Daryl McCormack. And those are pretty much the only two characters we're with throughout the entire movie. And they have great chemistry together. They work together so well. And it's just a delightful film. And I love how sex positive it is. You know, it showcases how, you know, women enjoy sex. And women should be able to enjoy sex without any shame. Because, you know, I think... Because a lot of times women are ashamed for admitting that they want sex. And I love how this film discusses that and, you know, shows this woman just wanting to get that control back, wanting to have good sex. Good for her. Delightful. So be on the lookout when it premieres on Hulu. Wow. Let's go. My number three is God's Country. Ooh. Uh, directed by Julian Higgins, of course, which we already discussed. I wish we would have gone into a more in-depth review, but this was near the end of the festival. Um, but we both definitely liked it. I absolutely loved it. <laughs> um, that final shot really got to me. Also, I just love Thandiwee Newton's uh, performance. And it just deals a lot with... A lot of people have been bringing up how this is a good metaphorical lens to look at society as it stands right now especially when it comes to race and when it comes to being a woman and not just uh u.s america but in the entire world really it is so subtle when it does that it is not a movie about that specifically it is just about a woman trying to reclaim what is rightfully hers that keeps being taken by men that are very entitled in her environment because, of course, she is also a black woman living in this town. So not only is she being looked down for being a woman, but also for being a black woman. So there are a lot of layers to this. And it's a very intricate story, despite how simple it may seem when you look back. Everything is so well-paced. It's so rich in its storytelling. Again, the cinematography was so delightful to look at because sometimes when the story stalled a bit, you were left with such breathtaking views that just distracted you in the best way. And also the performances were so great. And, no- and nothing, it's just easy. It was, it's both a complex and simple story with one of the most satisfying conclusions I've seen at this festival. We clap at the end of God's Country. That is the lesson from this episode. Clap at the end of God's country. Yes. Like when you clap on a plane every time we land in Puerto Rico, we clap at the end of God's country. I think my favorite part when watching this film was when I, I like, we don't know for certain if this is why the film is named that, but I just love how we were watching it. (laughs) 
And I just look at Gabriella and I just go, it seems we're in God's country now, huh? <laughs> because usually when people are outdoors or like they're in the the great wild, people are like, we're in God's country now. <laughs> My God. And we had to pause the film because Gabriella lost it. <laughs> it was just so out of nowhere. She was shooting on, on this chair that spins and she just spins to look at me too. It was so... <laughs> I guess we're in God's country now. Because <laughs> it does, the film does deal with a lot of open spaces, which just... Just we could go into so much detail about this film because the way that... There is so much space in the outdoors. It just emphasizes how lonely she is in her home, in this area, in this society, in this town. And it just... In God's country. In God's country. It was very well crafted and very well organized and detailed. And I say this is a good film. My number two is Fresh. Directed by Mimi Kate now. Oh my Josie God. already mentioned it. Yes, it's state number two. And we have a review up on our YouTube channel. So yeah, make sure to check it out. This film stayed with me throughout the entirety of the festival. I could not stop thinking about it. It's just great. And yeah, I won't go into more details. Go check out our review if you want to hear our more in-depth thoughts. But we love Sebastian Stan in this house. That's all we're going to say. Absolutely. I'll see you at the produce section. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> my number two is good luck to you, Leo Grand. We have another 90-minute flick. How delicious. Thank you, Sundance. Of course, directed by Sophie Hyde, as Gabriela mentioned, it is just a nice film that talks, again, about sex work, female sexuality, intimacy, and for me, it was especially moving. Um, because I've never seen a film that deals with emotional intimacy above physical intimacy in this light and in through this lens. And it was so respectful and it was such a nice film, at least personally. I won't say that this is a film about demisexuality, of course, because it's not. But for people that are part of, um, for my ace babies out there, I would recommend this film because... It's just nice to feel seen sometimes, and it's just nice to explore how some people genuinely do value emotional intimacy over, like above that physical intimacy, and despite that not being the priority of this film, it was a very important way to um, present how it is important to not only get to know someone else when it comes to being with someone else in that sense, being with someone physically, but also how Emma Thompson through Nancy Stokes, she was able to get to know herself as well, which is the most important intimacy that we should have. We Like self-love and self-care is so important if you do want to give yourself to someone else and just putting yourself first, which is essentially what she needed to do, which we go, won't go into detail, but of course that is like the climax of the film. Haha. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> we are five. Um, <laughs> that is the most important part of the film, and it's done so well. It, again, it's such a well crafted film. Emma Thompson like knocked it out of the park 
And of course, we got to meet Dara McCormack, who is so great as Leo Grand. And he was honestly, he gave such a high caliber performance that rivaled Emma Thompson so well. And like they were neck and neck. They were incredible together. They had such great chemistry. Yeah, which is why I think this film succeeds so well. Oh, yeah. And again, yeah, it's just a film about loving yourself, being able to accept yourself, being able to accept your sexuality, especially um, a film that explores how women of her age, around 55, like the way – because it does deal a lot also with um, a lot of the – Internal miso- internalized misogyny that a lot of women have grown up with and have been trying to get rid of. And the mm-hmm. that internalized misogyny that she put into her students as a teacher. So there, there are a lot of aspects that were dealt with in this film that um, we're just trying to break from society right now and get rid of because it is okay to explore your body. It is okay to be with someone else. It is okay to want to feel that way. Obviously, <laughs> take care of yourself use protection get that birth control we don't we're not solving the co- climate crisis anytime soon <laughs> so <laughs> but in all seriousness it's just a good film that has good lessons yes. and it paints sexuality in a good light and it's just delightful and before let me get off my soapbox but i i like this film clearly because it's my number two it's a great film, and once again, the female gaze. The female gaze, like yes, one yes. Female Absolutely. pleasure shouldn't be taboo. In- the female body shouldn't be taboo. Exactly, no the matter female aging what age shouldn't be taboo. At any age, women should be allowed to explore their sexualities without any sort of shame. Mm-hmm. So, so yes, call that feminism. Feminism. <laughs> so yes, be safe. Use protection. As long as you're doing that, you do you, boo. Also, be be respectful of other people because consent in this film is shown in different ways and it doesn't just have to concern sexuality and intimacy. It can also be when it comes to whether a person is comfortable sharing things with you. So there are so many layers to this film. Yes, it's a great film. So time for my number one. And Josie, we can say it in unison. We have the same number one. Oh my god, we do? Yes. Wow! My impact! So, our... <laughs> our number one is... Three, two, one... <laughs> Fire, Fire of Love! love. <laughs> Directed by Sara Rosa. It is a 93-minute documentary that follows... Katya and Marie's craft who love two things, each other and volcanoes. volcanoes. <laughs> we reviewed this film for our YouTube channel, so if you want to see us rave about this film, head on over there. But it is a great documentary. It's beautiful and heartbreaking and all that good stuff. Everything you could want in a documentary. Yep. <laughs> it's just so great. It is... Uh, it's this is a love story. <laughs> yes, if you saw a review, and if you haven't seen it yet, please watch it. And also, yeah. it was picked up by National Geographic. So yes, which if they hadn't, I would have been very disappointed because it's such a nice fit. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's just a nice film about two people that loved each other, but also their research. I didn't know much about them, so this was very delightful to learn about and to see. I've always been oddly fascinated by volcanoes growing up, so this like made me feel like a little kid again. Also, something that we that Gabriela pointed out in a review is that the volcanoes also get acting credits. They <laughs> so I thought do. that was cute. It's incredible. So it's equal parts playful despite its tragic ending because you know from the beginning that they unfortunately passed while they were studying a volcano. So there are a lot of elements that are kind of upsetting because, again, it is a tragic love story. So Sara Dosa did her best to uplift their legacy everything they stood for, the people that loved and cared for them, emphasizing that. So just, again, despite that tragic ending, it is a very uplifting and touching story. It's a beautiful documentary. And yeah, we both learned a lot while watching it because, yeah, I have personally also never heard of them until I watched this documentary. So it was just very interesting to learn about, you know, how they came to do their research and the impact that it had in the study of volcanoes and how it has impacted, you know, like evacuation rules and everything surrounding specifically gray volcanoes. So that was also mm-hmm. very interesting to see. And so, of course, yeah. if you want to know more, head on over to our YouTube channel to see our reviews. <laughs> But it's such a great film. Yeah, and we so overall, it with the lights turned off. Yes, watch it in a dark room because the lava is just so sassy. I know. <laughs> so beautiful. Yeah, so that's actually all for this episode. Um, those were our top 10 from Sundance. Um, if you attend the Sundance, please let us know what your top 10 is. If you didn't, please let us know which one calls your attention. ¿Cuál te llamó la atención? ¿Cuál tú quieres ver? Which one are you looking forward to? Which one are you looking forward to now that you heard us talk about them? <laughs> um, but yeah, again, that's all for today's episode. Um, we're very grateful uh, to Sundance for accrediting accrediting us for a second year in a yeah. row hopefully you can do this again next year yeah. we are very happy and honored to have been included in the inclusion initiative yes and ah, here's to more film festival coverage in 2022 from the film posters yes also impossible chicken nuggets please sponsor us film <laughs> <laughs> uh, posters out of context <laughs> So we'd like to thank you for listening and to give a shout out to all the kind people sending love our way. If you'd like to, if you'd like to keep up with us, make sure to follow us at Filmposers on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Where can they find you, Gabriela? So you can find me on Twitter at Gabby underscore Burgos 27 and on Letterboxd at Gabby Cristina. And you can find me at the Josie Marie on Twitter and Letterboxd. Again, thank you for listening. And remember, we're all film posers. Bye. Bye.